For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. We we're talking to Kristen Hatton all this week, and uh, we talked about uh, her book, FaceTime, uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and today we're going to talk about encouraging truths. Uh, for those who listen uh, to the local youth worker, you know that we often ask uh, five basic questions of all youth workers. And Wednesdays we typically ask about encouraging truths in ministry. And so kind of in that similar vein, um, Kristen, as a, a mother of three children, uh, what are some essential gospel truths you want to ensure that your children hear from you over and over again. Even it might be those truths that as you say them, your children kind of roll their eyes because they've heard you say them, you know, over and over again. But what are some of those truths you want to be sure uh, your children have? Yeah, that eye rolling makes me laugh because <laughs> since my husband's a, uh, a pastor, we definitely have car sermons and, you know, stop the remote frequently to evaluate what we're watching. And, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's funny because now that my daughter's away from college, she actually misses that. Like she used to get so irritated. Um, and now she's like, you know what I miss? I miss dad stopping the show to, for us to evaluate. That's so awesome. that's just it. I mean, the gospel, it, it, it's from the A to Z of the Christian life. I mean, we don't ever leave it. So in our families, we should constantly be weaving that into all of our conversations. So, I mean, first and foremost, who Jesus is. I mean, that it's his work and worth that our salvation rests upon. So you might say the doctrine of justification. I mean, it may be a one-time act, but it has continual far-reaching implications. So I just don't think we can over-talk that to our kids. And I mean, sadly, a lot of kids have never heard that term. Um, But they need to understand that Jesus, yes, he died for every sin, but he also lived the perfect life for us. And I feel like that's the part of the gospel that gets left off so often and something I want my kids to hear and know so well. Because when they mess up, they need to know that Jesus never messed up for them, that he was perfect for them. And so God's acceptance and love of them is based on Jesus's perfect record for them. Hmm. I mean, we, we can say that in so many different ways all the time. And um, Barbara Duguid in her book, Extravagant Grace, she really personalized the idea of um, she'd struggled with um, overeating. And so she talked about how Jesus never sinfully ate for her. And so I have loved just hanging on to that idea. So I can say, you know, if my kid has um, gossiped, I can say, you know, Jesus never gossiped for you or you told a lie. Jesus never told a lie for you. I mean, in every way that we have failed, Jesus did it perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's how God views us according to Jesus' perfect record. So, I mean, that's so freeing. I mean, my kids don't have to live in shame and guilt, building, you know, beating themselves up over their sin. Um, when they know who Jesus is for them. And hopefully that's going to drive them to love and adore him more. Mm, uh, yeah. And that's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I jumped, <laughs> jumped in on you. But just, I mean, how, how yeah, phenomenal that is. And obviously we just need to keep reiterating that as we've kind of been talking just on this very podcast of the ways in which our children just feel like they 
have to perform and constantly, you know, stay on top of the grades or, you know, the sports team or, or whatever it is, uh, to just be reminded that somebody else worked for you and somebody has this perfect, you know, existence already accomplished for us, um, again, because of the finished work of Christ. And so just, yeah, hearing that message over and over again, um, and just being reminded of that and, and just like you put it in a new light there of just Jesus never over eight, um, just thinking of it in that way and personalizing it, um, is, is huge. And really that's, you know, in large part, what I wanted to do with FaceTime, you know, is for kids to see like, this is who Jesus is for me. And therefore that is my true identity. Um, but along with that also comes just seeing our sin rightly. I mean, I want my kids to know how bad they really are. And that's not something that, you know, that's probably not popular, you know, where we mm-hmm. want to <laughs> increase their self-esteem or whatever, but no, <laughs> need to know that they're sinners and it's really even worse than they thought Mm. Um, because that's what's going to drive them to see their need for Jesus. And so even like I mentioned um, on Monday about my daughter confiding in us about her eating disorder, and even though I would not wish that on anyone, I can honestly look back now and say I'm thankful because she knows so much more deeply her need for Jesus. Um, so he really did work something awful for good. Um, but in our house, we talk a lot about idolatry because at the root of all sin is the turning away from God to another God. So whether it's something materialistic or the desire to be our own God or it's acceptance or affirmation that drives us, I mean, we're constantly turning to something else. Mm-hmm. And so I want that category to be front and center for my kids to understand so that they really see, you know, that sin is not just the external bad behavior, but things, you know, desires and things going on, motivations in their heart. And so when they see that depth, they they know how much they need Jesus's work and worth for them. Absolutely. And that is, I mean, like you said, to some people, that can sound so harsh, uh, but it is so vital. I mean, as Tim Keller says, you know, half of the gospel is you're evil <laughs> and yeah. we need we need to know um, of our brokenness. And like you said, not just kind of behaviorally, but getting down on the heart level uh, to really teach our children just how you know, again, poisoned with sin, uh, their hearts are, because it's not just to obviously shame our children and guilt trip them, uh, but to point them to Christ ultimately. And, and for them to, to know and understand the gospel, they need to see how, how broken and in need they are. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a vital truth. Well, to see that about me too, I mean, for, as the parent, you know, to see in our household, we need to be living redemptively with one another, you know, which is, confessing and asking for forgiveness and repentance. And and so, I mean, they're going to be more open to talk about and deal honestly with their sin if, if I'm modeling that as well. Mm-hmm. So that's another just important gospel aspect, I feel like, in the home, that we should be regular repenters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got we've to lead the way uh, for sure. I mean, I've said that to parents uh, for, a, for a while of just, um, you know, it, the gospel won't make sense to our children unless they hear their parents asking for forgiveness constantly, um, mm-hmm. admitting uh, mommy and daddy need Jesus just as bad as you do. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Well, any, anything else you got for us? 
Oh, I think that's about it. All right. Well, good. Those are those are good ones. And obviously, um, uh, the gospel, uh, yeah, that needs to be front and center and, and looking at the good news that Jesus Christ did all the working on our behalf, uh, but then also being reminded how broken we are. Um, that, that's something we need to be reiterating in the home. So again, thanks for reminding us of that, Krista. Thank you.